Hey loves, welcome to The Quick Tip. I'm your host, Dejada. And I'm Kamisa, and we are a part of the team at Sister Afia Community Mental Wellness in Chicago. The Quick Tip is a podcast where we discuss relatable topics and Black women's mental wellness. We provide thoughtful reflections, quick tips, and leave you with some things to take action on to improve your mental wellness. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the Quick Tip Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dejada. And I'm Kamisha. And today we are embracing the Black community. Relationships are an important part of the well-being of the Black community. The presence and the power of connection provides love, leadership, and strength to our communities. In this episode, we'll be talking about why it's important for the Black community to be connected and loving in honorable ways. So the first question I have for you, Kamisha, is how can we embrace one another in the Black community? Uh, The older I get, the more I'm really understanding the power of relationships. Mm. We need one another. Uh, We've always needed one another because of our history, but also the current issues that are being faced today and we're better together than we are apart. So I think the first thing that I think we can do to embrace one another is to build authentic, genuine, supportive relationships. Also Mm -hmm. to give each other grace when we may make mistakes, when, you know, we may be hurt or to be able to express those things and to be able to come together at the end of all of that. I think sometimes when there are issues, it can get really toxic (laughs) that I'm seeing. And so I think there's ways that we can like embrace one another through who we are, but also flaws and all. And to think about like what we want, how these relationships that we have with one another can really not just benefit us individually but also benefit us collectively. Mm -hmm. I like that answer. Um, I would agree with everything you said. um, And I think I would add or just emphasize on the grace part, giving each other grace um, and just realizing that we are humans. Like grace is the biggest thing. I think that's just one thing that I'm, I'm, realizing that I need to give to people (laughs) is grace and also just being open-minded when it comes to meeting new black people or new people in general, but specifically in our community, just being approachable and being open to approaching other people. Even if it's just like, your outfit, I j- like. I just have to stop you and say your outfit today. Like you doing your thing today. That has happened to me a couple times in the past week, and I'm like, oh my god, really? Um, and it just made my day. So just simply complimenting one another, or just being open to meeting new people, for sure. Enough yeah. about break. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, I think what you're speaking to is uplifting one another. Yes. Yes. Uplifting, instead of looking at 
what someone really just seeing the seeing the light in everybody else. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, and uplifting one another because when we do it, we do it so good. But when we don't yes. do it, man, it hurts. <laughs> yes, it takes nothing to uplift someone, but it it yes. So just uplift one another. What do you think is keeping us at odds in, in our community? Ooh. Um, gosh, what's keeping us at odds? Yes. How much time you got? <laughs> but, but yeah, what keeps us at odds, I think, our past pain. I think that is a huge factor whether it's been breakdowns in relationships with our family, with our friends, significant others, though that pain, I think it's carried a lot. And sometimes it can be um, projected or it can show up in how we relate with one another. I also think individualism is actually something that can keep us at odds historically Black people are very, we are very collectivist culture, but being in America, we still have that. And I think in Chicago, this is a city where y'all do community so well. Like as someone who's lived in different places, the community that is built here in Chicago and the Black community, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. That's part of the reason why I'm still here. (laughs) But one of the things with individualism is it keeps us focused on ourselves. So I got to get money for me. I got to do this for me, you know? And so that individualism, even, you know, amongst ourselves as black women, sometimes, you know, focusing a little bit too much on ourselves, which I think is good because we, we need a balance where we're focusing on ourselves, but also are focusing on others instead of like, it's all about, what I need and what what um what is most important to me at the moment. So the individualism that's really steeped in American culture has affected the black community in the way that we build relationships with one another because it can sometimes be more people maybe out for themselves instead of like looking at like how we can all come together. And like I said, Chicago does this really, really, really well. But there are other places across the country mm-hmm. where I I see that that is missing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that we need to to be able to not just survive, but to be able to to elevate. Mm-hmm. To thrive. I see that. Like, I think I would have to agree lacking resources, um, which makes us which puts us in survival mode, um, definitely keeps what keeps us at odds. Um, like. We wouldn't have to steal from one another if we were, if we had the resources to care for ourselves. And so I think the struggle is keeping us at odds for sure. I think going back to previous episode about generational curses, um, those things are keeping us at odds, not handling traumas that have impacted us and just letting them build up definitely keeps us at odds. Um, and I know it's not like when I, when I saw this question and thinking about the lack of resources, something that happened recently comes to mind. 
where the Black community were at odds when the woman and her son were at the Maxwell's out south and she, the mom was assaulted by the guy. Have you heard of this or seen this? I've heard of the story, but I hadn't actually like looked into it, but I know it's been all over the internet. Mm-hmm. So there was a black male and a black female inside of Maxwell's. And there was a video of them just having an altercation, verbal altercation. And he was getting upset and heated. And was saying, if you keep talking, I'm going to knock you out. And he proceeds to punch her three to four times. I mean, so hard that he's unstable. And her son, who's 14, came and shot him and followed him into the parking lot where he proceeded to kill him. And originally, the mom and the son was charged with first-degree murder. But after the video surfaced of the guy assaulting the mom, all charges were dropped. And it's, it's, it's other people around there's, so there's a community of black people (laughs) in this restaurant and we are at odds and this man's life could have been saved. And so I think even in, in situations like this, in situations that are similar, but don't escalate this far, what's keeping us at odds is not speaking up, not stepping in. That guy, it's no reason he should have punched that woman. He's probably dealing with things, trauma and just stuff that he hasn't unpacked. And it's, it's now he's at a point where he can't control his anger. And, and so the things that are keeping us at odds are just like lacking mental health resources, lacking proper food. Because if there's no way you're in Maxwell this late for a hot, you're not risking your life for a hot dog and fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying. That's mm-hmm. what, that. That's just one situation where, as a community, we are odds, and this man's life. Just so many things could have been prevented. Not saying that she's. It's just tough situation. But speaking about that, and I guess healing. What are things that we are healing from in relationships with one another? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, something that's interesting, I want to talk about like Black sisterhood and also talk about relationships with Black men. I want to talk, say something about both, but I go into so many spaces and there are Black women who come in and think that they have to have their defenses up because they're not going to get along with each other. Mm-hmm. And I find that just so interesting, you know, in terms of that's the perception and and people have, you know, definitely real experiences where they haven't had good experiences with other black women. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I do appreciate at Sisa Afia is that we're creating spaces where black women to come together and they're uplifted, supported in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And since we've been in existence, you know, knock on wood, we've had very, I think there might have been over the past six years, maybe only two times where there may have been a little bit of people at odds, like, mm-hmm. you know, and made that very clear. But 
what I've seen with at Sisa Afia, to me, I think can be replicated in other places. And I think it just really takes us coming together more and more and not thinking the worst of each other necessarily. But that's something that I think is healing is for us to continue to come together more and more and more and to just uplift the positives and not the, the negatives. And I think um, in our episode with Eva, she was talking about the Audre Lorde essay, Eye to Eye. And I actually read it and it, it speaks to how Black women see each other's pain on one another. And so it kind of keeps them at odds with each other because of the different struggles that we've been to. So it goes back to not giving your sister grace, mm-hmm. not giving someone else support or if they're making a mistake or something, picking them apart, different things mm-hmm. like that. So I think part of it is just us coming together more often and in a positive experiences and positive environments. Also, when it comes to Black men, I think the gender wars, we've talked about this multiple times, but the gender wars are creating confusion and it's also creating hostility between one another, blaming each other for whatever issues or shortcomings. And I have had very positive relationships with Black men my whole life. It -hmm. started with my father and my grandfather. It started with the men in our community, you know, my significant other. And even though I've had challenges, you know, because we all date knucklehead every now and then. (laughs) But but overall, I, I feel blessed and fortunate that when I think about Black men, I don't think about their shortcomings. I don't think about the stereotypes or the worst of them. And I think about, like, honestly, the best of them and the positive impact that they've made in my life. And I know that's not, everybody can't say that, but that has been healing for me in a world where being at odds between Black men and women is very much a commonplace. Yeah. Um, preparing for this episode when I was like, my relationship with men is, I, I look out, I have a a negative outlook on it. Like, even though there are men in my life who do the right thing, it goes back to me not giving grace to people. Because I think about it like, for instance, my father was a serial cheater and I saw how that impacted my mom and how my parents' relationship impacted me. And so I'm thinking like, I get all these shortcomings because my father made these selfish decisions without thinking about how, like you have a daughter, you know, like to me, I'm like, you're an adult, you make these decisions and you know the consequences. But just because my dad was 32 and cheating on his wife does not mean he understood the detriment of the situation and how it would affect generations. Um, And I'm seeing like he did this terrible, like, I'm just, I'm like, you're such, like, I don't care if you took care of me financially. You, You know, like I'm, not seeing the the positive things that because my dad he was a good dad to me you know what i'm saying he took care of my sister 
He takes care. Like, you know, if anyone needs anything in a family, they can call DeMarco. But instead of seeing that he does, even though he does more of the good than he did the bad, and that's his past, I don't know how to let that go because even though those actions are done, it still impacts it impacts my relationships with my current partner. It impacts how I, you know, communicate with other like other men. And so I, I'm working on giving people grace and, and seeing them in a more positive light. And I'm like, wow, Kamisha has had a healthy, you know, a positive outlook on me her whole life. How lucky is she? And it's honestly a decision that I can make to change today and not hold things over people's head and grace. Like I said, I'm learning that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Grace with accountability too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we can have grace, but we also, you know, have to be accountable for it. What you spoke about is your dad being accountable for the impact of his actions. And I think that's another thing that's so needed in our community is accountability, but in a restorative way and in a, in a way that brings us together and doesn't create, you know, more more issues and so accountability is huge 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 and that's something that I think is a value that we could embrace just as much as like the grace that you're talking about 100%. um and we can't leave out the young people we can't leave out the youth the babies <laughs> I feel like I've gotten I've gotten to an age where I call like teenager babies I'm like oh my goodness that's but our youth are our future our young people are our future and I really think that pouring into them and like as we talked about in previous episodes setting things up and breaking different generational curses and patterns that weren't helpful directly impacts youth. And we also know that young people are just going through so much right now, even from, you know, the mental health perspective, like more young people than ever are having challenges with their mental health or at least verbalizing it. Mm -hmm. And also the different influences that are impacting them. So for you, I know you do like work with youth mm -hmm. and what do you see as like ways that we can uplift and embrace and support our young people? Mm -hmm. I will say, and going back to the episode that we had with Eva talking about empowering Black single moms, agency. I brought this up in a team meeting at work, actually. Reminding youth that they have agency over their lives. They are in charge, you know, because up until a certain point, you're listening to your parents tell you what to do. There are no options. You're going to school. Like after high school, you're going to college. Whereas mm -hmm. I think we shouldn't determine things for them, but allow them or uh, provide them with options um, and just letting them know what different opportunities are available. Um, and with them knowing that they control their lives. And if they do this thing, this is the result, whether it's good or bad, it'll help them make better decisions as individuals, which 
will also allow them to think about how will this impact the people around me? So just giving them more or letting like, just letting them know that what you do, you have, a, you make your life decisions. I think that's a, a big important thing because we just, we go, we listen to people. You know, we go to school to learn how to be a good employee, a good citizen of the U.S., but we, that's not what we should be learning. We should learn how to be in community with one another. And that starts with making this good decisions for yourself. Yeah, and, and providing them with the resources to continue to make decisions or if they have an interest in something, put them in something like that. There are so many free, I, this just goes back to previous conversations we had, just supporting your child where you see they need support. Supporting the youth where you see they need support. And also just exemplifying what a healthy relationship looks like so that they can have good peer-to-peer -peer relationships mm -hmm. with their friends. And like one thing, it, family, like I remember going outside, not just playing with the neighborhood kids, but I'm outside with my sister and my brother and my cousins and we're in cahoots or just, you know, playing around with our neighbor and her cousin and, you know, and so now my son, he's going to be two and he's already like, call Chloe, call it. Like he wants to talk to his cousins every day. He wants to, you know, and just putting them with family, you know, like have your kids around kids. Stop having them around you and other adults. You know what I'm saying? Like they just grow up too fast. So just allowing them to be around other youth and showing them what it looks like to be in healthy relationships with one another um, and letting them know that they have agency over their lives and that you are here to support them in, in what they would like to do in their life um, will impact them having a, a strong relationships, ha help them have secure attachments to their peers and their family members. Yeah, yeah, all of that. And I also <laughs> say that like, we have youth in our families, like we can spend time, you know what I'm saying? We got, just like you were saying with your son, with his cousins, how many of us have cousins, nieces, nephews, mm -hmm. children that we're not even pouring into? And so I think those relationships with our family, like our literal family members, even outside of just the larger community, that is like a wonderful starting place in terms of being able to support youth's development. When I, growing up, I had a, had a close relationship with like my aunt and then my grandparents. So we used to go on little field trips together. <laughs> You know, uh, they would take me to my grandma. I remember just taking us to the library over and over and over. And that helped to, you know, increase my interest in education and a love for And It was something so small, but it actually like her spending that time with me, taking me to the library was actually very important to my development later mm -hmm. on. So there are very simple things that we can do to really just pour into uplift and invest in the youth that can really have an impact for future generations. Mm -hmm. um, so now we want to talk about resources. So we've talked about the, the strengths that we have in our community. We've talked about some of the challenges, but there are resources out there 
for um, our community so that we can embrace one another and be stronger, healthier, and happier. So some of the resources that I recommend for people are getting involved in, um, I would say, a Black-centered, culturally-centered programming in your community to be able to meet other people. Like I think about there are so many like little social clubs and groups that people can join that really help to pour in to one another. So if that is, you know, going to, if you live in, this just happens to be, if you may live in a majority black community, but going to, you know, your park district, joining, if you're at a school, joining the PT, the PTA or different things like that, or even getting enrolled into therapy. If there are some really, you know, some challenges with building relationships with other people is definitely a resource. In addition to, I think I talked about mentoring a little bit earlier, but I think there are ways that you can formally and informally like mentor other people in our community um, that doesn't necessarily have to be in a structured format. But those are some resources that I see out there that we can do to strengthen one another. And I just, you know, we keep talking about relationships, but going out of our way to build relationships. Like every time I go to the coffee shop, if it's a black owned, you know, company, I'm like, how are you doing? What do you do? How can I support you? Just being open to supporting and building relationships. And that helps us to be able to increase peace and increase well-being in our communities. Dejada, are there any resources that you have that really help to strengthen the Black community? Mm -hmm. I would definitely say doing things, as you said, we talked about it and you just mentioned it, programming, being in places where you already belong. So like if you are a spoken word artist and there's always an open mic that's poet heavy. There you go. You know what I'm saying? And it's every Wednesday night. It's just, a, you, it's not even like a, a required commitment, but an optional commitment that you can go to weekly and just build those relationships with people. Like yesterday, it was my friend's birthday and she brought different friends together that, and we never met each other, but I connected with another black woman who was bald head and, <laughs> and it was my first time meeting her, but she does improv. And she was like, if y'all, I'll get y'all tickets to my 11 PM show. And I'm like, that's late. I'm a mama. I'll be sleep by nine, but I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna make that commitment to meet new people and go out of my, my way to build that relationship with another black woman, because why the, why not? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And after that, she invited me to this Black girl performer group, you know? And so now I get to connect with other Black women who have similar interests. And it literally just starts from something so simple as to just speaking to someone and being yourself in the spaces where, again, you already belong. You're Black, so you already belong there, one. And then just go in knowing that you're going to connect with other people. And also, even if it's something that you don't belong to yet, but you just simply share interest in yoga, 
and there's a free yoga class, just go. And don't be afraid to go by yourself and don't be afraid to invite someone who you just met. Just be open because there are resources out here for us to connect with one another. Because me and Kamisha are not the only two people in the world who want the Black community to be closer and connected. <laughs> yes, yes. Those are some great resources that you mentioned. And so now we're going to have a little fun. <laughs> and Jada, you have our hot topic yes. question. Today's hot topic the question is, who are some of your favorite people or couples that symbolize Black love? Hmm. Well, one, Tabitha Brown and okay. Chance Brown. I love their show, Tabitha. I think it's like Tab and Chance, something like that. But I like their whole family, honestly. Like, I love their relationship. I love their whole family. So they're one of my favorites. I also like Sierra and Russell Wilson. I think they demonstrate Black love in like a very positive way. Um, trying to think of any other just families. I like LeBron James' family. I'm like, this is, you know, I love just their trajectory and just no drama. You never hear anything about them. Like, it's just all love, all positivity. We can't leave out Michelle and Barack and the, you know, the Black royalty in the first family, they represented us well. And I think their genuineness and their love for one another and their authenticity, like you can really, really, really see it. Mm -hmm. I think them, you know, being president and being in that position, I know had to be super hard for them. And there were a lot of sacrifices, but to see that image put out to the world mm -hmm. was so powerful. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it was just so powerful. So those are some of my Black, favorite Black families and, and Black couples. Mm -hmm. What about you? I would say I'm not too, like, if you ask me to name Black, like, celebrity couples, I'll probably name the ones that you named. I'm like, who else? Who else? I think I admire the everyday Black Black couples and families who are just thriving and just like, you know, finding their love the way that they find their love. I was sharing recently about like, dang, everybody meeting and getting married and then buying a house and then having a baby and, you know, their, their love story is just flourishing and you see it like, you know, on social media and I'm like, wow, like I'm enjoying seeing so many, seeing this life happen for so many black people that I personally know. And that just makes me happy that we are again, thriving in love and just working through our trauma so that we can have strong families uh, full of love. Yes. And speaking on that, I cannot leave out. I can't believe I did this. My grandparents, they've been married 63 years. Yeah, they've been married 63 years. Yes. That's yeah. so yeah. whole life. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got married in 1960. And 
My grandfather is 90 and my grandmother is 87. And to see their like love over the years and how it's like had a positive impact on everybody in our family. And then even though my grandfather, he like has Alzheimer's and it's a lot for my grandmother to take care of him, just like truly till death do you part and sickness and health and good health and poor, you know, you know, it's beautiful to see that just all just their love and you know when they had their 50th year anniversary I was just crying like y'all demonstrate the the love that I need to have you know just cutting up and stuff like that (laughs) but I cannot leave them out because they're they are my you know we look at celebrities but they are my greatest example of black love and family that's beautiful 63 years is a long time congratulations to them yes So, oh, we are at the end of our last episode. Yes, um, y'all. Embracing the Black community in the in the Black Family series. Yes, you all. This is our last episode for season three of the Quick Tip Podcast. I can't believe it's gotten to the end. I feel like it's been so quick. Um, but we enjoyed so much this season. We're going to do a little quick mini so. So this is our last full episode, but we're going to do a mini so just recapping the whole season. But this Black Family series was just so powerful, like all the guests we had on the podcast. And just for us to reflect about what we're seeing in terms of the Black family and the Black community and what we can do to increase our well-being and to love and support and uplift one another. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for tuning in to our last, to this season of the Quick Tip Podcast. We'll have a mini-sode where we'll be recapping everything and we'll be letting you know when season four will drop. So thank you again for listening. Take care of all of you and be well. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Quick Tip Podcast with Sissa Afia. Stay connected with us by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Sissa Afia. Join us for one of our upcoming groups, classes, or workshops, and sign up for therapy if you're an Illinois resident at www.sissaafia.com services. And if you enjoyed this episode, do us a favor and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate you for being a part of our community and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Take care.